0: the creators who brought you Paul's Drag Race, the million-dollar listing, this is World of Wonders' WOW Report, things that make us go wow.
1: Well, hello and welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the WOW Report, um, where we count down the top 10 things that made us go wow this past past week. I'm Fender Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder. Here is Tom Campbell, our chief creative officer. Hello. Hello. And the lovely and radiant James St. James. Woo! And very excited to represent, I mean to represent, I'm representing you, Alec. No, very excited to introduce, welcome, <laughs> welcome back, our very special guest, Alec Mappa.
2: Look at me, Damien, it's all for you. <laughs> Most, Ma- of not everybody gets that reference. Does everybody get that reference? Not one of us have gotten it, no. I'm oh, sorry. come on. It's not from The Omen, is it? It's The Omen, James St. James. <laughs> I when the I've na- never seen it. When the nanny hangs herself, it's like um, a, a little Damien comes to live with a rich couple, and then during the kid's seventh birthday party, the nanny appears on the rooftop and goes, "Hi, everybody!" And he goes, "Look, Damien, it's all for you." Jumps and then hangs herself. What a great way to start this oh, podcast! Always <laughs> just a ball of sunshine. I love it. I
3: love
1: it. I love it. As we said we're going to use young references. Well done, Alex. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Alec, you win. So yeah. we're going to get down top 10 things. Alec, chime in at any time. Let's All right. not going to be a problem with that. Number 10, Tom. Number 10. What a shitty week. <laughs> what a shitty
3: two weeks. What a shitty summer. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
4: What a um, shitty decade. I'm just going to go out and say this whole roaring 20s thing has not panned out the uh, way we
3: thought it was going to.
4: Uh,
3: you know, uh. You know what's going on. I need to recap. But I think when we recorded for last week's show, uh, the Supreme Court uh, ruling had not come out yet. So I'm not you're not going to do all that. I'm talking, and I only want to talk about the one ray of light, which is all I have beaming in on me right now, which is why I look my age. But one beam of bright light was the Cassidy Hutchison testimony. Oh my God. There's January. not enough
2: popcorn in the world for me to enjoy while watching that testimony.
3: I actually am doing
4: Cassie uh Jacqueline Hutchinson for Halloween this year she is my new
3: uh style icon now I have become um PTSD that oh my god this is the this is the missing key the missing piece of the puzzle this will convince everyone right. it's jerk sure convince me um I couldn't I can't think of any like, anybody who was kind of more credible and more representative and there was one moment I also think she was Without meaning to be, because she was young and cute, mm-hmm. and you know, you can just imagine all those lecherous men
1: trying to impress her. Well,
4: yeah,
3: that that therein lies the
4: thing, right there, because she, you know, the reason she, a twenty-two-year-old having such a high position in the White House, you know that she, a she comes from money, b her family is very connected, and c is that she's a hot piece
3: of ass that they are all <sighs> drooling over. There was one one remark, very, you know. Sweet from her, but like the, the undertone is like, you know, one night, uh, uh, Giuliani, Mr. Giuliani, and I walked to our vehicles and he was saying, Whoa, wait till January 6th. Oh boy, the world's gonna fall apart. Oh baby, wait. So he's just trying to think of like things to like turn her on by saying, You know, we're gonna have an insurrection on January 6th. Oh baby, oh, oh,
1: oh. and uh, did I hit insurrection? Yes, Giuliani, lack mm-hmm. of Insurrection erection. in his pants. Thank <laughs> you. Yuck. Uh, and I,
3: um, I love
4: that he that they all call her cast. Hey Cass, what do you think of that, Cass? Yeah, you just know what leches they all are. I or know, but
2: men- according to Trump, he's already gone on record. He was uh, tweeting nonstop yesterday on his uh, his own social medias that uh, he doesn't he does, he barely knows her. Right, right. You know, of course.
4: I really? she she got me coffee once is usually the line. they did an
3: amazing job of. I thought I, was, I haven't watched all the testimony. I watched the first day of of Miss um, you know, Miss Cheney of showing where her office was, her proximity. And these are two things that I thought of during the testimony. One was it flashed me back to the summer of 1973. We are the Campbell family. I was 10 years old. We were staying at my aunt Tony, uncle George's house in Mount Clemens, Michigan for my cousin, Chuck and Carol's wedding. And we we're all family and cousins. And there was like 11 in one family and Lebanese and Syrians and crazy fun. My dad spent the entire vacation in the back bedroom which A had air conditioning and B he was watching the Watergate trials. Mm. And this reminded me so much of John, other people made the comparison, but of John Dean's testimony during the Watergate trials, which seemed to just like be the missing link, the thing that made it all come clear. And the, I don't know if it's true, but that's what I, I flash back to that. And the other thing it reminded me, because, you know, is that when you are at the beginning of your career and when you're at the top of your career, you're in high places in between. You don't know, but when you are 22 or 23 and you're good looking and you're on somebody's desk, you have access to all these conversations, everything you observe people at their worst. They don't think you're, they don't remember that you're there. They speak their mind. They think they're like sort of powerful around you. And so I believe everything she says. And I think she's the, one of the most incredible eyewitnesses. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up is she's so fucking brave. Uh, to put herself in the public line like that, I hope she doesn't go and do um, a jeans commercial like. Uh, well, well I I do have a feeling
4: that first of all, I see them circling the the I I see them coming for her right now on, yeah. on Twitter everywhere. Everyone is they're attacking her, but the fact that she's so well spoken. And so self-possessed and calm. She's not a shrieking, hey, she's not filled with hate. She's just, it, I think that works in her favor so much that, yes. that she just, she's but not I, I disgruntled, know how much it's
3: going to work. She's not a disgruntled employee. She seems like yeah. she'll do just fine. You know, it's um, like.
2: I just Googled this and uh, uh, this is late breaking news. She will be joining the cast of Dancing with the Stars.
3: Kind of no. Uh, well, no. if she if she wins, <laughs> she redeems herself. God forbid. God forbid. We'll have her on Drag Race. We'll pay her twice what <laughs> they are paying her.
4: <laughs> anyway,
3: uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, who for a brief moment I was praying that was the married name of Frank Gifford and Kathleen Gifford's daughter, Cassidy.
1: <laughs> I I hope, I, but
3: uh, unfortunately. Cody and
1: Cassidy, where are they now? (laughs) She's our resistor of the week, resistor of the month, resistor of the year, all the decades. Definitely. 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 Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's move on to number nine, Jane. Number nine.
4: I saw Elvis Mm -hmm. over the weekend at the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Baz Luhrmann's wildly chaotic, opulent mess of a movie starring uh, Austin Butler as Elvis and Tom Hanks as the Colonel. Mm -hmm. And I am here to say, Austin Butler is the most electrifying, it's amazing presence I have seen in years, in years and years. He, you know, he owns every single scene. The camera loves him. Mm-hmm. He eats up every scene. He is—it's his voice doing Elvis, and you cannot tell the difference. Mm-hmm. He is such—he does such a good job. I have to say, in all honesty, I'm being completely honest, and Alec is going to make fun of me for this because he always what. Does. I compared his performance to Brando in Streetcar and James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, and it's that thing where uh, um, I, I, you can't really do that because both Rebel and Streetcar had great direction, great script, great supporting cast. Right. And this does not have this. This is sort of messy. What this is closer to, Tom, is this is closer to uh, uh, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever.
2: Oh, or, or, I was going to say Cicely Tyson in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, or, but sort of, I was afraid I that would be a it. reference again that nobody would get. I see it, I see it.
4: But the real, the real reference is Baz, Leonardo DiCaprio in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, where Baz Luhrmann has this ability to recognize the beauty. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent of his star, and mm-hmm. utilize it, and just showcase it in a way that is literally heart stopping. And the thing—I mean, obviously there is a, there is an Oscar nomination in this kid's mm-hmm. in this kid's future. It is Agreed. just so gobsmacking. But I never understood with Elvis, Fat Elvis, near the end in the white-studded pantsuit, and why. I, to me, it was camp, right? And I never understood why women were still creaming their panties over mm. Fat Elvis. Mm. This does such a good job of making you love him in every single era that by the time you get to Fat Elvis, you will, you I was get
3: like,
4: it. I'm throwing my panties at the yeah. screen. I yeah. was standing up and screaming at Fat Elvis. Fat I fried peanut him. butter
2: and banana sandwich Elvis. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, did Col Elvis. Um, I just want to say that I'm
3: in my fat Elvis phase right now and I haven't lost my two fans. So Oh my god, uh, can you
2: pass me one of your sweaty towels cuz I will scream and faint. Um the movie is chaotic. It is like um if you were if you were a pinball shot into an Elvis pinball machine. Yes. That's, that's the feeling that you get. But the performances are absolutely unbelievable. The costumes are unbelievable. There's one shot of him, of Austin, who I've worked with, by the way. Oh, we're very wow. dear yeah. friends. We did a, a little Disney movie called Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. We officially oh, yeah, killed yeah, yeah. the we high school the musical place. franchise with a I fourth movie. Sharpay. um, but, um he, there's there's But there's a scene, and then I'll shut up, is where he's in a white turtleneck and a navy suit, and he's with Priscilla as Lisa Marie Presley is being born yeah. and he looks just like him in an, yeah. in, a, in a holy shit way. It's like, that's Elvis. It's a beautiful movie.
4: Yeah. And I'll tell you something, I'm sorry. Um, but was, the, the first comeback in the leather, the leather suit when he's got the pork chop side, uh, and, he's, and you I just he eight. To shake his booty and he shakes yeah. that pelvis and
1: you're right there. I, I'm sorry, yeah. Fenton, go ahead. Just a tiny thing. I think every Baz Luhrmann film, it feels like you, the audience, are a pinball in a pinball machine. You just get shot into his Moulin yeah. Rouge or mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet as the first me. I'm like, am I going to be able to take this? It's such an assault. And then you right. get into the rhythm and the vibe of his particular I am
4: Yeah, I just, Austin Butler is one of the most exciting stars I've seen go make the transition from, you know, teenage star on the on tv to the big screen and yeah. just seamless and it's just it's it's a joy to watch him do his strut his stuff on on
2: camera coming up next baz Luhrmann's the color purple
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack by prince uh-huh i wonder what he is doing next i just heard that australia remember the movie did australia is sort of being recut and repackaged as a series for hulu but oh, I, really? Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently it's going to use all the rushes. It's not going to be re It's just going to be turned into a five-part oh, series. Uh, oh, yeah. I
2: thought that movie oh, was kind of yeah. corny. I
3: thought
1: Can't it was wait. corny. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Elvis is in theaters everywhere. I think we're going to have more to say about that. Um, number eight. Number eight. This feels a bit of a letdown. I want to talk about the slap that was heard around Staten um, Island. I'm talking, of course, about Rudolph Giuliani who was assaulted in a shop right mm-hmm. in Staten Island over mm-hmm. the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you read about it. It sounded like he was almost pushed to the ground. It, you know, it sounded like a legitimate assault. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, one or two days later, I saw the videotape. Mm-hmm. It was a pat on the back. It was a pat pat on the back. And and Rudolph Giuliano, of course, has called a press conference. He had the man arrested, spent the night. And, And
2: the story became more and more violent. As in the retelling of it, like there was a segment that I watched on YouTube. It starts off that somebody hit me and then became the force of it made me stumble forward. And I was hit so hard that the woman who's comforting me afterwards almost tripped herself.
1: Right. And they were both almost killed. And he felt so (laughs) so much pain and was so bruised. I'm I'm I'm
4: shocked that he didn't show up in a neck brace, in a back brace to to the, you know.
2: It reminded me of Omarosa talking about like that piece of ceiling that almost killed her. And it was literally like a piece of plaster that barely touched her weave.
1: But you see, I think it ends up being symbolic of of what we're facing, that this group of people have no real truthful relation to reality and lie just lie the lie but i
4: wonder what the reasoning is behind is it it's always a deflection with these people they always know something big is going to happen so they try and get ahead of it with some weird uh-huh. story mm-hmm. is was it done to to sort of deflect from the um cassidy's testimony is there another shoe that it's about to drop what is it that made him do such a bizarre... I
2: I think that Fenton kind of hit it right in the head is uh, this administration and all of them have really gotten that a lie can travel around the world faster than the truth can put on its pants. So, But what they're not counting on is us checking and there's footage. What they're (laughs) not counting on is anybody coming... That's why this this, uh, Cassidy thing is so amazing. They're not counting on the fly in the wall to talk. Nobody, nobody. They they were like, "Oh, Cassidy's hot. She's not going to be any trouble at all." And they're not counting on people coming forward and going, "You know, you guys are full of shit." Well, in that I, case,
1: the Cassidy case, you know, they were saying, "Well, in the Beast, the 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 you know the presidential limo, mm. he couldn't possibly have reached forward and throttled the driver." Well, but then, actually, he wasn't in the Beast. He was in a smaller uh, SUV, and even if he was he in he a mini Beast. Uh, it was in the mini piece, the tidy beast.
4: <laughs> but, but the problem is, is that you can have all the footage in the world, but if they aren't showing it on Fox and nobody and none of the right wingers are watching it, then they all still have plausible deniability and they all still say, We don't
3: know what you're talking about. We want the people in the middle. We want the people in the middle. That's true.
4: You're sure, right.
1: there was this very satisfying CCTV footage, which I'm sure Fox will try and claim is fake. Of this yeah. man just gently patting this person on the back. I mean, it's like it, 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 it's like an amazing shot.
3: Kind of um, fire. That kind of thing kills comedy because how do you make something funnier than that
1: reality <laughs> moment? You know. Well, I do love the final piece I'll say, and I'll shut up. Is that Eric Adams, the mayor, the mayor of New York, called Rudolph a Karen, and has actually recommended <laughs> that he should be charged with filing a uh, false police report. So uh, yeah. Because
2: he, he made it sound like he was curb stomped, and that <laughs> didn't
1: happen. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Head over to the WARE wow Report where you can see the queens of Drag Race France. I tell you, it's a sensation. 11% TV share. Watched the first episode. It's almost a million viewers. Loved uh, it. Uh, thank you. Merci beaucoup. Oh, De rien. Uh, Oh, <laughs> I do too mm. uh, that's on friends.tv slash or of course more more easily accessible for us in the states com. yeah there you go I've reached the end of my spiel Blake
0: question please I do have a question and remember Alec we answer when we return mm-hmm. um, which film did Elvis first star in
1: and in what year <sighs>
2: oh that's a good one okay Oh, I
1: know Tom Campbell knows the answer to this. I can just tell. I can tell already. And probably the chronology of every Elvis film. <laughs> but we'll find out after the break. All right. Listen to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Before. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with our very special guest, Alec Mapa. Hello. And, of course, Tom Campbell, James St. James. And Blake who had a question.
0: Yes, we talked about Elvis, the new movie, Baz Luhrmann. what? But what was what film did Elvis first star in, and in what year?
2: The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, <laughs> 1973. That's my I'm final thinking, answer.
4: I'm thinking it's Jailhouse Rock, but Tom is- I would say it. Jailhouse
3: Rock or Love, or Me, Love Tender, Me Tender. And 1957 would be the year.
4: Oh. Fitton, do you have a guess?
1: I am not going to be I'm so going to say
4: 60, 1960, but it, it's I'm going to say even gonna gonna try.
1: Wasn't he in some GI film or something?
4: GI Jane.
1: Uh,
3: no, stop know. it. What do you what do you, what's the answer, Blake?
0: It's Love Me Tender. Yeah. 19...
2: There you
3: go.
0: F- 56. Oh, wow. Wow. Much
3: Love earlier than
4: I thought.
2: Tender. Love Me True.
4: Never
3: let me go.
2: Oh, that's pretty good, Austin. Thank you. (laughs) It's Austin Campbell, everybody. Ow! (laughs) Mistitting image. Mm. We
1: are counting down the top ten things that made us good. We've reached number seven. Number seven. It's been a shitty, shitty week.
3: It's been a shitty couple weeks. It's been a shitty month. I, I agree with James. It's been a shitty decade. So I'm clinging to any looking, searching, okay, maybe I'm sitting in bed while doing it and looking at the internet, for something to bring me joy. And and what brings me joy, what I listened to just the other day was my Captain and Tennille, the, the, the title track of Song of Joy, their second album. And it, and it sounds like an Elton John song. It's really good. Tony wrote it. Daryl, uh, God Rest His Soul. But I read this, and then moments later, James St. James texted to me, Tony Tennille is starring in a production of hello dolly in, in prescott arizona which is prescott but i had a roommate said so they called prescott road trip i uh-huh. have, Jake, be careful what you wish for alec because no one's coming with me but i bought two tickets on november 5th which is like a saturday sunday and then i bought two tickets at the end of the run in November because I don't know when I'm going to be able to go. I hope I can go both times and I don't want to not go tickets are $65 each. So I'll have to Venmo you Alec, but, okay. um, but it's, it's at the, you know, the, the performance center of Prescott and, uh, and we know that Tony lives in it uh, lives in Arizona. She and the captain, the captain passed away, Joe dragon um, who is the originator of yacht rock. It comes from the captain's hat. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. A big now. Um, I love Tony Tennille so much. I feel like she was so, it turns out she was kind of in a loveless marriage.
2: They oh. were kind of seen as
3: sappy. But I can't tell you, in eighth grade, um, the captains, maybe seventh grade, in seventh grade, the captain and Tennille uh, premiered on ABC, their show. The same yes, year the summer as,
2: replacement. As, I watched it too.
3: The same year as, as, as Charles Angels. Charles Angels was great. I brought a poster of Charles Angels to bring in Mrs. Thurlow's class. But then I went in front of the class without any irony. And I asked them all to reconsider their plans on Monday night and to watch the captain and to the
4: same, Was that the same summer that shields and Yarnell and Tony I was about Rwanda to bring that on. up. Shields well, and Yarnell. They had a summer. Variety show. They but, had a yeah. summer special
3: that had all the hits. And then they had an actual fall series where, right. um, and, and my dad who would call me out when I was being super queer, or at least I felt like I did. And I would watch the Captain Neal alone, you
2: know. Oh, I love them. I love that haircut of hers. Everybody yeah, had that haircut. Started, timeless. I hope it, when it, she does Dolly Levi, she still has her Tony oh, Tennille haircut. that would haircut. be great. That would be awesome. Um, but so she yeah. said
4: Bonnie Franklin. Everybody had that haircut. It, from it started me. with Dorothy Tony Havel. Havel. He
3: made it famous. Yeah. But
4: I do just want to say, if you can, Google Tony Tennille Dolly Levi, the image that they're using is one of the most precious, most oh fabulous God. images I've ever seen for a play. It's so good.
2: And this is just another example of the hip gen z references that you'll be getting <laughs> they throughout keep the program coming on this show. Tony Teneal as Dolly Levi in Arizona. And she
3: is a national, international treasure that has been underutilized, underappreciated, and I
2: can't <laughs> wait
3: to see her. Up there doing... She's going to be better than Bette Midler. Mark my words. I'm seeing
2: Loretta Swit in Mother Courage in Schenectady next week. I'm going to cover all the bases.
1: I love doing this show because I learned so much. I had never heard the term Yacht Rock. I was like, what the fuck is Yacht Rock? Oh, it's a big
3: deal. It's
4: It's
1: a very niche
3: genre. It's It's a channel, I think, right now on Sirius XM.
4: Yeah.
1: Sailing takes me away to where I'm going. <laughs> Ride like the wind. And yeah, it's all Christopher any, Cross. Right? Gotta keep it that. soft and mellow, right? Keep the emotions any light.
2: logins, It's all there. Yeah, yeah. I can't stop trendy. this feeling anymore. Yeah. Ario Speedwagon. wagon. yes yeah. Croft. All right. All
1: right. Uh, so that's a road trip with Tom available, if you're brave enough, to go in November to yep. Prescott, Arizona, to see Tony Tennille. Flying to Phoenix,
3: driving to Prescott. Just so people know what I'm right. doing. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Okay. Number six. Thanks.
1: Number six.
3: Uh, Elvis part two.
4: Uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. The movie itself is very problematic, and here is why. Austin Butler is absolutely spectacular, steals every scene. He's just wonderful. The whole movie rests on him. However, Tom Hanks is an absolute embarrassment. This is the worst role of his career. I tell you, every scene is so cringeworthy. He's in the worst fat suit you have ever seen. He is trying to speak with a Dutch accent, and he sounds like the Count on Sesame Street, okay? And... You also have Baz Lerman, who is doing his Baz best, best, who is throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you at every single moment, and at a certain point, about three-fourths of the way through, you're just like, sit, da- sit your ass down, calm the fuck down, and let Austin carry the picture, because he can do this. You get exhausted by Baz. And you have Tom and Baz doing everything in their power to make the movie about them. They are trying to steal every damn scene, you know? And all Austin has to do is bat his eyelashes, pucker his lips, and throw his pelvis, and the movie is his. Like, He's a They beauty. just fall into the background. It is embarrassing to watch Tom. I think this is one of the first movies that you were going to get a Razzie and an Oscar in the same movie. Because uh, literally-
3: Tom Hanks is just terrible. Which Tom Hanks is, has, is a wonderful actor with many incredible roles, so this is, cool. this is an aberration. This is an aberration. He's had some stinkers in there,
2: I'll tell I you. I kind of dug it. I kind of felt like it was so awful, it kind of circled back to great again. It was <laughs> like he's trick-or-treating. It's like, trick-or-treat, who are you? I'm a Dutch megalomaniac from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, that, it, that kind of obvious yes, yes, yeah. yes. Guys, there is
4: Tom. One
3: Tom one Hanks. Hanks's movie roles are like a box of chocolates.
4: Oh, don't <laughs> so get me started on that movie. That yeah, is I'm Gen Z. I, I didn't get that reference. The time. I don't
2: know what you're talking about.
4: <laughs> oh. But there is one scene, one more scene. I want to talk, and then we can move on from Elvis. But there is a scene in Alec. I know you know this when he's on Beale Street in the in, very early on. Yes, and, and he's in a little tiny uh, club, and all of a sudden, R- little Richard. Gets on stage Mm -hmm. and it's one of his first performances. And this kid who plays little Richard, his name is Alton Mason. Mason, yes, and he's—it's like he doesn't have any bones, and he's got these big anime eyes, and he's just beautiful. And Mm -hmm. it's less than three minutes long, but he steals the—I mean, like literally, you like afterwards. Supermodel.
2: He's a model. He's like the number one catwalk model in Paris among the males. He's like 6'3", and he weighs 10 pounds. He's really skinny, and he's gorgeous, and I agree. He walks off, and also there are other uh, uh, characters. Uh, There's a woman playing Rosetta Thorpe, uh, originator of Hound Dog, and she sings in the movie, oh, and she's yeah, the, the actress her is wonderful. Yeah, the guy and, who plays uh, yeah.
4: King is amazing too. Yeah, really wonderful. great. But but after that three minutes with Little Richard, not only are you breathless, you're saying that needs to be the movie. That's the next movie that needs to be made. You need because nobody has ever been able to get Little Richard because Little Richard can be his worst enemy and can be right. arrogant. And, but right. this kid sells it, and you are in love with Little Richard. Yeah. Hmm. Shut
2: up!
4: In theaters everywhere. Fenton, will you go see this after after Alec and I
1: rave? Oh, totally! I love every Baz Luhrmann movie. I loved it. I loved it.
2: Even even I even love the bad parts. I mean, because I I, was like, agree with you. Yeah,
3: James, knowing you were going to talk about it, I tried my hardest, and what I'm looking for is the Kurt Russell 1980 ABC Mm. TV TV movie Elvis. Mm -hmm. But that's Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm searching. It's not streaming anywhere. I might have to. Get a DVD. Go to Alex's house. Use his DVD player. Take that out that was one of those ones yeah, a VCR
2: was... tape. There's even a Dale Midkiff Elvis movie. There's like there's so many Elvis movies. But Actually, but that one
4: but that one with Kurt is another one where it was just a revelation how fantastic Kurt Russell can be.
1: Yeah, I, I really will. I do want to go to see James because I have never really understood Elvis. I know well, it's that's so just it. I reason.
4: I like you know there's there's um a little less conversation and. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other songs that, that I that I get, but I've never been a super fan, and now I completely understand that also the he's control. like drag
2: for straight people. Oh there you go,
1: there you go. Okay. Yeah. So sort of a cross between a queen and a liberace.
2: Mm-hmm. He's a drag Theatrical- um, theatricality.
1: I was gonna talk about something else, but I think actually for my number five
2: number five.
1: I'll just continue in the Elvis vein because you know Catherine Martin is Baz Luhrmann's wife mm-hmm. uh, Partners and she designs all the costumes but she also is an amazing interior designer and so every Baz Luhrmann movie there is a whole line of wallpaper and carpet and stuff and just go online and look them up because she's done this amazing sort of tropicale um sort of banana leaf in coral tones and it's just you probably remember from the movie. It's so gorgeous. I just want to buy the carpet. I want to. I want to like rip out everything and just install it wall to wall. It's just gorgeous, mm. and it's that sort of '50s, '60s mm, exotic Caribbean tropical feel. Yeah, well,
4: there are there are a number of scenes in Vegas, and then there's the Graceland scenes, of course. Yeah. in which you, you are just you are, you are gobsmacked. Like I've used that word ten times now by by the the decor. It's is maximalism
1: everywhere, yeah. like yeah. maximalism and to the point a, that it's
2: a, almost Victorian. Yeah. There's so much color and fabric and textures coming at and you. I,
1: I actually think that's how Baz Luhrmann chooses his movies. I mean, Greg Gatsby was an exercise in Deco maximalism. Romeo no, and Juliet, yeah. an exercise in sort of love maximalism. Max maximalism, just just the level of ornaceous. Nuss. Nice.
4: Moulin Rouge, yes, yeah. all of that, yeah. yeah.
1: Beautiful. yeah. Beautiful. And more. That's right.
0: Romeo, His Romeo and Juliet made me, like, care about Shakespeare, I feel like.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's what it took? Claire Danes yeah. and Leo DiCaprio. Leo. Of,
4: of young girls suddenly were, like, caring about, you know, iambic pentameter. Yeah. And they, they were the like, yeah.
1: How I don't know. He, I don't know how he did it, but Shakespeare always sounds like Shakespeare. No, you know, actors become actory when they. Yeah. Just, but he actually turned Shakespeare's lines into actual spoken words that kind of made sense. It was so bizarre. well. That was a
2: workshop that they had done for an entire summer with that cast. Because yeah. I'm friends with I was I worked with Harold Perrineau who played the uh, uh, yeah sure yeah who was in that movie and Baz Luhrmann had basically sent them all to Shakespeare camp. And they, he wanted it to be as conversational as possible. So he right. ran he ran uh, all the cast through their paces. A little bit of trivia. Fantastic.
1: Plus, you know, I think ultimately you're just always drooling over some guy. In a Baz yeah. Luhrmann movie, there is a guy you're just drooling over. I know. I can't if believe Baz Luhrmann is
2: straight. What's up with that? It is it
4: is weird that he manages to understand the thing that is so gay in every one of
1: his, you know, I know.
2: male calls. You and McGregor in Moulin Rouge, you fall in love with him every single time. Yeah. There's nothing... Wait, wait, Alec, what did you say about Buzz? I, I can't believe that he's straight. I I,
1: I can't believe that he's well, straight.
3: I, I just talking to say that. a wife, but then like, when I heard she was a decorator, I said, okay. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like a huge acting mean,
1: situation. Annie. I think you
2: know Annie. <laughs> and okay, we love sure. them
1: both for it. Love okay, them for right. I straight shame anyone. Not today. Bye. I have a hard-on for her soft furnishings, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Canada's Drag Race Season 3 premieres July 14th uh, on uh, WoW Presents Plus. Brooklyn Heights, Brad Goreski, Tracy Melchor are the trio of judges. And it's pretty amazing. Blake, do you have a question? I do. This one's just a
0: random weirdo one. Uh, this is my favorite. Alec actually mentioned the answer earlier in the show. Oh, no. What color is only used in two national flags, Dominica and Nicaragua? And it is Roy G. Biv. It's one of those colors.
2: That's a very <sighs> random question.
1: We'll be right back with the answer after the break. You listening to War Report on Radio Andy.
2: You're listening to World of Wonders, Wow Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: And welcome back to the Wow Report. It's Fenton here with James and Tom and our special guest, Alec Mappa. Hello. Hello. And Blake, you got a question?
0: Yes, what color is only used in two national flags? Those flags are for Dominica and
2: Nicaragua. It's gonna be orange or purple.
3: I'm saying
4: purple or brown.
2: I'm saying purple because you said that I said it already. Oh. <laughs> it's purple. Oh. Purple. Purple. Orange, you glad. Ah. ah. <laughs> what rhymes with purple? Nurple. Slurple. Purple.
1: Ah. This is all going way over my head. We're getting down Uh-oh. the top ten things that we just go. Wow, we've reached number four number four well i don't think i've said this yet but
3: christ this week sucks and the last two weeks have sucked and as james a. james says this whole decade might suck oh no i sense a theme here and i am clinging as i said to anything that brings me joy and a washington post feature article pops up that i've shared with fenton since and it features okay Drum roll, please. Brrr, reference to the '60s, '70s, '80s. John Davidson. Oh, <gasps> love me some John Davidson. John Davidson was a be- one of the most beautiful men. He was born like ten or twenty years too late because he was like all night clubby when everybody mm-hmm. else was rock and roll. But mm-hmm. he was the clean guy. He was on Sullivan. He did Disney movies. He was he a- the, the happiest squares. millionaire, right? With the yes. happiest millionaire, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, with, uh huh. What, with what's her face, and um, he he also starred in. Sally Field's last sitcom, The Girl with Something Extra. Where I she love The Girl with Something pee. Extra. Oh, <laughs> God, that's a good one. And he also did, problematic now, but he did a Streets of San Francisco where he played a, uh, a transvestite a drag yes. who murdered, who murdered. Mm. He look at and... Then he hosted uh, Hollywood Squares, the one with Joan mm-hmm. Rivers in the middle, and Jim J. Bullock. He had his own longer. talk
4: show for a long time, the John Davidson show. He had mm-hmm. his own talk show what, friend Charlie. show. what was the game show where it was the, the banana pods and the, the green pod? That's and the Burke Comby, but he might have been on with his wife. No, he was on it as
3: well, but what was the okay, name of that show? Yes. So <coughs> what he, was the name of that show? Uh, the Tattletales. Tattletales.
2: Tattletales.
3: <laughs> John <laughs> Davidson still has a full head of hair, it's white. <gasps> he lives on a boat in Mexico. He's 80 years old. He seems recently separated from his wife. It kind of comes out later. And, you know, he's just, he's always just got along. He did a lot of dinner theater. He was in, in Branson for a while. He's 80 years old. And now he, he performs every summer in a, in a restaurant a theater that he owns called the sand it's called club sandwich the club sandwich which is in Sandwich New Hampshire where am I going for my vacation in <laughs> August New Hampshire so to get me ready to see tone to in Prescott Arizona playing Dolly Levi I'm gonna be able to go and see thank you John Davidson at the club sandwich that he lives above at the at, <laughs> at, 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 <laughs> in San so I am dude I am thrilled. The last thing, and one of the things he went off and did that um, I remember so clearly from a Time Magazine article, because, yes, he was that important. You forget how important and how omnipresent people were, and then they just sort of fed off. But he had his own. Oh.
2: Yeah, he's him. one of he my favorite white boy. men from the 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And he, uh, for a short time, used to have a summer camp for lounge singers. What? <laughs> Where you would I learn, like it. What, back when there were like wires on microphones, like what do you do with your left hand? You throw it over your shoulder. <laughs> and he also, I remember the thing, and this is so turned me on. This is like in high school, but he also recommended wearing no underwear on stage, so you wouldn't have a panty line in your polyester Uh-oh. belt. Wait,
2: La-la. where did you see that? Time magazine, growing up. Time magazine, don't wear any underwear, John Davidson. I am shocked at his, at his lounge lizards
3: summer camp. I, it was all about the left hand for me. It really taught me how... Like, you know, Yeah, you're I doing
2: kind of a Judy hand thing hand? with it over your shoulder. Yeah, she did the backpack kind lazy, of cord over in, the shoulder. Yeah, the yeah. lazy river.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, John Davidson. It's, there was a feature article about Charo in the New York Times a month ago and now there's a feature article in the Washington Post about John Davidson. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm not alone. I guess mm. I'm not alone. Is we're I've done
2: four gay cruises with Charo. She never leaves her room. Except you to perform. Her? She can lies in state. Her? She lies in state the entire cruise and then comes up to do her two shows. She's,
3: she loves us, but she's not stupid.
1: <laughs> what do you do on the cruise, Alec?
2: Oh, everybody. All
1: right, that's John Davidson. We posted a link to the article on the Wow Report. Number three, James.
4: Number three. Uh, the Umbrella Academy on Netflix is back for season, season three. Um, I to recap briefly, in 1989, uh, 43 women spontaneously gave birth, despite not having been pregnant earlier in the day. They just blew up and gave birth to children. And each of these children have superpower. Oh, okay. And Eccentric billionaire Sir Reginald Hargroves went around and bought up seven of them to raise as his his as a superpower group, as a superhero group. Okay. And he gave them all they have names, but he they are number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, and number seven. And that's what they're called. They don't they're just he he was a terrible father and he just gave them uh. numbers, and that's it. Now Season two, season one is just sort of introducing them to you, and each one is fascinating and each one has their little backstories. Um, season two, they get thrown back in time and it's a mess and it's a nightmare. Season three is back on track again. Uh, there's like some weird time anomalies, and they come back to the present time, and there's another group of these children one, two, three, four, five, six that have taken over from them, and they all have different powers. They all beat each other up. But The takeaway from season three is that this is Elliot Page, of course, the trans actor. Mm -hmm. This is Elliot coming back to the show as Elliot. And his character is now dealing with the same things that Elliot did. And the character who was Vanya is now Victor. And it's done so beautifully and so tastefully where after um, Vanya loses the love of, of her life, she has the come to Jesus moment and realizes that her whole life has been a lie. And she goes to a barbershop and she picks a male hairdo that she wants, gets it, and then goes back to her family. And everybody says, Oh, Vanya, you look different. And then she says, I'm Victor now. And they all just say, they take a beat and they say, Oh, Oh, we like your hair, Victor. Now let's get on with the business of, of, you know, dealing with this. And each one of them has their own little moment where they just sort of look at him and say, Oh, Okay. Well, Victor, da, 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 and it's just so beautifully done. And Elliot has talked in the press about how he was so worried about coming back. And he mm. this, this, you know, he loves this show and he loves the he loves the character, but he knew that it had to change it to, to reflect who he was. And it was just done and he cries during the interviews, and I cry every time someone's uh. like, Oh, Victor, I like your hair. What are we gonna do about these new people? Blah blah blah. So it's it's just it's 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 a great show and it's beautifully done with, with this character and it's neither a, it
2: doesn't look like neither one of you have watched it.
4: No, no. no okay. <laughs> I, I, I know mean, I'm 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 speaking into the void whenever I do just, these damn just James St. James. Aaron,
2: have you watched The Boys? Yes. My husband is a huge fan. I'm not a superhero person, and right. I watch that and it's so subversive. It's well, it's like it's a you feel like you're watching a very subversive Marvel film. I'm uh, uh I'm on a superhero show that came out the same time as Umbrella Academy called Doom, Doom Patrol, yeah, which uh-huh. is based on a 60s comic book that was written before uh, uh, X Men came out, and by the same artists. And I play a, a villain called Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. I, <laughs> my my origin story was I wanted superpowers and I was I was left in the easy bake superhero oven for too long, and I just come out all Fucked up. But um I haven't watched Umbrella Academy. Um, but now you've you've gotten me interested. It's it's a fast it's a very well done show and it mm. is up there
4: with the boys in Doom Patrol and Teen Titans. T- wait, wait, wait um, uh, Fenton, have
1: you started the boys? I have not. I'm I'm a little scared to start the boys after, after you talking about the exploding. I was scared.
2: It's they- very violent. And in the latest season of the boys, there's a there's a, a character who can shrink down and yes. he crawls into somebody's penis. I, right, but and then, then in the and they show episode, it. In
4: HeroGasm, the last episode, there's a orgy, a superhero orgy that they all superhero go to every orgy. year,
1: and it there has been on my mind since James talked about it. And I don't know if I, I, uh, it's it's not. I don't not think it. it's for for I no one. All
2: kinds of fucked up, but, but which is but why I like it.
4: it. Promise me you won't watch it on your phone, Fenton. Watch it on a regular screen because it needs to be big. It needs
2: mm-hmm. to really and and, 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 and microdose some mushrooms right beforehand.
1: It's, Ah, perfect segue. Okay, so um, uh, the, the Umbrella Academy is on Netflix and now at number two. Number two. Chagachino. I am latte to the party, but I went to Alfred's and bought a Chagachino at an eye-watering $7.80. What is a Chagachino? A Chagachino is made out of Chaga mushrooms, chaga fungi. Oh yes, not hallucinogenic. I mean the price was hallucinogenic, but uh-huh. it's not actually hallucinogenic. And it's sort of a sort of fungi that looks really ugly and it sort of grows like an excrescence out of birch trees. And um, I guess they grind it up and mix it with milk and what have you. Actually, it tastes
2: kind of good. What does but, it taste like? Um,
1: sort of like a muddy, earthy sort of coffee flavor. Mm. Mm.
3: Mm. You sold me with muddy. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, had me at muddy. I'm there.
1: But come yeah. on, I mean, there is a there is an explosion of lattes everywhere. Like I, there's a there's a there's a unicorn latte. Have you heard about that? No. Made. Oh
4: yes, that's the one at Starbucks.
1: That's the pink and the, uh, right, the... blue green algae. Yes. Yeah. Well. Uh, how about the matte black lattes made with coconut ash?
2: mm-mm um what, what happened? happened to the coconuts what happened to them yeah they burned them and then they this reminds them. me of like there was a craze a couple years ago where they were adding a charcoal into everything yeah and yes. i tried a charcoal ice cream downtown and the next day i repainted the toilet it looked like a crime scene <laughs> it was bad
1: the least thing to try is this uh Café Ost from Sweden, where they put cheese into the latte.
2: Oh, but for the love of God, no. would you stop with this? No, that's it's like terrible. that sounds like I that sounds like a French onion soup. I it's mm-hmm. like I don't want cheese in my coffee. No,
1: it's a. I tell you, it's a latte revolution. You just go online. Oh yes, because here's the thing about the chaga. The chaga latte is supposed to help with your endurance and your cognitive abilities, but it also is. When you face a stressor, your body goes through gas.
4: Well, well that's, gas- uh, I know about that. No,
1: no, no. It's not the gas you're thinking of. Oh. Gas is general adaptational syndrome. What's an acronym? Yes. It's an acronym. Okay. Yes. Wait, so what, so what, does what does that mean?
4: You when your body goes through generational ass, ass syndrome, what?
2: General adaptational syndrome. Gas. So what does that mean? To remember. Gas. But yeah, well, how, what what are the manifestation of this syndrome? Yeah, what I what think happens? This
4: sounds
1: like a buzzword that that somebody it sounds made about. muddy. It's, yeah, you have anxiety. You you have anxiety, and then the cheese. Why did they
2: just call it that?
1: Boosts your cognitive abilities, boosts your endurance, oh. lifts your mood, and bobs your uncle.
2: It's like a Lexapro latte. There you go. Exactly. Okay, all right, and got it's it. only seven
1: dollars and eighty cents at Alfred's, which is the nearest. <laughs>
2: It's a steal at any price. <laughs> of
4: course, if you have stress, why not just get yourself a House of Love cocktail and
2: take away all the stress?
1: Oh James, bless you. Thank you for that. Yes. Add
2: some add some chaga mushrooms to that. <laughs> yeah. See if, if that eases your anxiety. How many flavors, Tom? Four cocktails and two mocktails. Mm-hmm. I had and a mocktail. It was very good. Which the lime that? one. The lime one. The lime Ricky or something. It was a lime flavored one. I am I hear, I don't drink. I hear the tangerine uh, margarita
1: sends you to the moon and back well, you not- because it's the strongest cocktail in a can you can get. I think
2: um, I, had, I was at a party recently this- at World of Wonder for that Vanjie show, 24 yes. hours of Vanjie. They were all drinking those mocktails and everybody was wasted.
3: Yeah. Well, some are cocktails, some are mocktails. So I don't want people to be yeah. confused. I had a mocktail
2: because I quit drinking a
4: year ago. So I tried that watermelon one and I was cross-eyed about halfway through the, 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 the can. It was, it knocked me on my behind.
1: Mm. Cocktails and mocktails at houseoflovecocktails.com. You can go all of them today. Delish. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. And I'm so excited for this. We're going to reveal the number one Can I reveal it now? No. No. Okay, okay. I can't reveal the number one. When we come back, Alec, please stay, because you might be required. Uh, The number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to World of Wonders, Wow Report.
0: Things that make us go wow.
1: Welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with Tom and James. And we finally reached the number one thing that made us go wow this week and every week. Every minute of our waking lives, it is all things Alec Mappa.
2: Number one. Oh, yes. You know, Cassidy Hutchinson is one thing, but Alec Mapa on television. That is a major event. You Stop are correct. the presses. Um, you know, I'm on the Family Equality Council, which is all talking about, you know, lived equality for LGBTQ families. I know that you have a child. I know that uh, Tom and James St. James are childish. But um, so Uh there's been a lot of talk about the intersection of queer people and kids. They've been Mm -hmm. outlawing drag shows for kids and everything. But I want people to know that we're part of your life, kids and gay people. We have kids and we entertain your kids. To that point, I'm on a brand new Disney Channel show, Disney Plus show called The Villains of Valley View. Uh, They are the villains of Valley View. They're like the Incredibles, but they're all super villains who are hiding out in Texas, Valley View, Texas. And I am uh, the Mrs. Kravitz of the show. I'm the nosy (laughs) next door neighbor. You'll see me, I make my debut (laughs) on episode three. And it turns out I'm also the principal of the show and um yeah if you're allergic to ham don't watch it i chew every bit of scenery <laughs> possible oh, good. the disney channel is the only uh disney plus is the only forum where my overacting is completely appropriate so uh <laughs> and, that and drag race they're in drag race you're, you're ab- right abs- and <laughs> drag race of course and, and these and are
1: villains also- you love right Spe- villains yeah. you love the yes, villains villains are
2: but mm. I'm like the villain of the villains. I'm really there to kind of like, you know, when uh, when Samantha always had a spell that went kind of haywire, and Mrs. Kravitz was like, "Abner, what's going?" That's me. I'm I'm the Mrs. Kravitz of the show. Uh, the other thing is, um, I'm on a billboard in Times Square that wow. advertises Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast that I host every week with Lonnie. Wait Love. a minute. World of Wonder podcasts are getting Times Square billboards. Well, it's now part of iHeartRadio. The popular ones are James. Yes, yes. You guys are on oh. serious. That's
4: that's a thing. That's well, there's something to chew on here. I think we're going to be having a little
2: conversation. After okay. James has some it's other podcasts he
3: does for the for everybody. Oh, fabulous!
2: Oh, oh, well, oh, I'm oh, on yeah. that show every. Oh, oh beautiful! There's yeah, the Squirrel Dreads fictional... you've been hearing so much about. Okay. Um, I, I host every week with Lonnie Love. Who is uh, her voice is like walking into a warm hug. She's <laughs> absolutely fabulous and we really want to change one of the points of our show is not only do we want to recap, uh, uh, the shows every week in a, in a way that's entertaining but we really want to change the culture of of drag race fans and we tell people every week that these queens go through so much to be on the show they they sacrifice so much in order to uh, participate and excel in this art form if you talk about them on social media in any way send them love and we really want to kind of like because I've heard on, 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 on several uh, YouTube outlets uh, that Drag race uh, fans can be vicious, but I think they also have the ability to be very affectionate and very uh, uh, loving. And we want to make more of it that. It does happen.
3: already, the love already exists. In the, and I like the idea of combing it out and encouraging it. Everybody mm-hmm. say love, Lonnie love and Alec
2: Lonnie love. love and Alec Mappa, yours truly. <laughs> so uh, watch me on that. And also, uh, Doom Patrol, if you're into superheroes, after watching uh, The Umbrella Academy, of course.
1: Wow. Everybody say Alec Muppelove. Alec love uh, uh, Thank you so much, Alec, for joining us. You're so oh, you're more than than welcome. generous with your time. We love having you. And congratulations on everything you're doing. And a special thanks for doing the School of Friends official podcast. Of Ripple Oh, podcast. of course. So much fun. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, James. Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the, the world, world, world go, world. go Wow. Wow.